my friends, Pastor Daryl here, walking faith, not in fear. I believe this is podcast number 17. Again, thank you for kind of tuning in, listening. I pray you spread the word for me and help us to grow and maybe get the uh, God's word out there, maybe some encouragement or something. Now, hey, I'm all about it. So if you would, first of all, let me open in a word of prayer. Again today, Lord God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this opportunity and this this tool that you've given me access to, Lord, to bring forth your word. And I pray you'd use me in a way that I may be able to uplift or encourage someone, Lord God, and maybe maybe help them find the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for each and every one that's listening in this today, Lord God, that you could just give them a special anointing, a blessing upon them. And I pray that each and every one that is listening today, Lord God, would share this word or, or share this podcast to others, family and friends. I just thank you in awe in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm sitting here today again, like I said, it's podcast 17. I'm getting a little more comfortable. I don't know if I'm getting any better, but I'm getting a little more comfortable at what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I love this opportunity because it gives me a chance to become one with God, if you would, and study and uh, have some alone time with him and then, um, kind of share it with you guys so again thank you you know today i thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, maybe the the way we live our lives or the way we're called to live our lives if you would see you know live well we're called to live our lives imitating jesus but see the truth is the secret to living the christian life is not trying to imitate jesus but allowing jesus to control every part of our life so his character is, is justly displayed if you would See, friends, we're living at at a time in our lives where the world is filled with hopelessness and and, and despair, if you would. And and we, as as we meaning Christians, we as Christians have, or or at least we should have, a message of hope to offer to the people around who who don't have any hope, okay? See, as as a Christian, I've been given promises and a hope through Jesus Christ. And it's beyond my imagination to think how people who are not Christian, or how the non-believers can cope with the suffering and the pain and the demands of life without Jesus Christ. Hmm. Well, anyway, I want to read you a couple uh, quick scriptures here today, uh, some verses out of Romans 5. If you would, uh, read along with me, follow along with me, Romans 5, 5 through 11, and I'm going to read them to you. Listen up. It says, no hope. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Amen, amen. See this here, right here? This is a, a, a great passage of scripture. Uh, hope is what it is. Hope. It is the hope we have and is born in the realization of God's love for us. You know, when I read verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. Wow, friends. 
at the time we were still sinners. We were still ungodly, if you would. We were still powerless. Christ died for us, for you and me. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Hmm, amen. So let's talk about the benefit of God's love today. You know, God loves you even though you were a sinner. So, so friends, as a believer, if you can understand these benefits given to us, man, it should excite you. See, when it comes to the passage, we're given a picture of who we really are, and it's not very flattering, truthfully. You know, when you read verse 6, as we read, we were, we were without strength, uh, still powerless. This means you and I do not have any strength or power or, or on our own to improve our condition, okay? Anyone who has ever dealt with a recovery program knows the first thing you've got to do is admit you're powerless. Hmm. See, the sooner we, we, we admit we are powerless to deal with our own problems, the sooner we can allow God to, to give us power to deal with them. So, we have to admit we're powerless and that we live in or have an ungodly condition. Amen? Verse six, the verse 6, it said, Christ died for the ungodly. Think about it. If we take all the positive attributes of God, we're just the opposite. God is perfect. Hey, you know, we're, we're imperfect. God is love. Hey, we can be not very loving at times. God is forgiving. We, we don't forgive so easy. We like to hold grudges. God is compassionate. Well, not so much. <laughs> See, every positive attribute of God, we're the opposite. So we are powerless. We're, we're ungodly. And we are enemies of God. You know, verse 10 talked about us being enemies of God. Understand, when it says we are God's enemies, it doesn't mean God is at war with us personally. It means our sin has severed spiritual relations with God. And it means we don't have a true relationship with him because of who we are. If you look at them three words, they're powerless, ungodly, enemies of God. This was true of everyone. And this is true of every one of us. But, but, but then you look at uh, well, if you look at while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 8, you tell me all, that's God's supernatural character. A love demonstrated by Jesus' death. Hmm. Man, my friends, God doesn't, lo doesn't love us because we're lovable. God loves us because it's his character and nature to love sinners, to love you and I. God loves us whether we are good or bad, big or small, nice or not. No matter how we act, God loves us unconditionally. See, my friends, once you learn or realize how much God loves you, this alone should make you want to, to clean up your act, if you would. Allow him to clean up your act. See, God demonstrated his love through Jesus Christ. Now, what that means is, here is God in his holiness, and here we are in our sinfulness. See, God made the first move. He initiated reconciliation. Now, what that means is God didn't look at us as sinners and say, when you clean up your act, when you get better, when you straighten up, then I'm going to love you. No, 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 no. He loved us first. He moved first in reconciliation. Here's a question I have for you, just kind of breezing through the scriptures here. Who would you die for? You know, God, God demonstrated his love that Jesus died for us, talked about in verse 7. It's an interesting topic. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. See, we know there have been people who've died for good people. Through the years, died in their place, if you would. Who would you die for? Hmm. 
I would like to think I would die for my family, you know, kids, grandkids. My list isn't very long, to be honest with you. Sometimes people will die for good people, but not so often. The Bible even says it's rare. Now, who would die for you? Wow. Is there anybody? Uh, you are absolutely certain, Give the, given the choice, given the opportunity, would step in for you. Anybody? Hmm. I can only think of one, maybe, you know, Jesus Christ. He has already done that for you. Another wonderful benefit, Jesus died in your place so you wouldn't suffer punishment. Now, actually, verse eight, half, uh, second half of verse 8, it says Christ died for us. That phrase means in our place as our substitute. Then in verse 9, it says, since being justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Jesus Christ, our substitute, satisfied the demand of God. Friends, do you realize how much God loves you? Truly, truly loves you. Do you realize we are guilty of the, de the death of Jesus Christ? It was our son, sin. I was my sin, your sin, our sin that killed him. It is as if I hammered his hands and feet to the cross, my friends. You and I are guilty, but God loved us so much, he's willing to allow Jesus to die for us, you and me as our substitute. Amazing. He satisfied the demand of God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. See, you know, in verse 9, the second half of verse 9, it says, We are saved from God's wrath through him. That, my friends, is known as the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. Simply put, he died and became my substitute. Oh, another benefit. Jesus lives in you so you can display his character. It talks about this verse 10. Actually, the first half talks about being reconciled to him through the death of his son. Second half talks about being saved through his life. It's talking about the life Jesus lives right now in us. See, friends, you've got to understand the key to victory and power is in the Christian life is Christ living his life through us. Hmm. Is it Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. Friends, if you can get a hold of this, hang on to it. Understand it and believe it. You can walk through your life with this unmeasurable amount of joy. Remember, life may, life may be tough, but with Jesus you can make it through any challenge that comes against you in life. Amen? Hey, that's it for today. Bye for now.